I'm Mitch. I'm Keith. And this is the Layman's Term Show. The Layman's Term Show, where a couple lay people, not, not clergy, clergy, talk about where life and faith intersect and have some fun conversations. Yo, Keith, here we are. Hey, man, welcome I've missed you. Back. I man. have missed you, Keith. I know, it's been like a week. Well, sometimes it feels longer. Sometimes it does feel longer. Um, and we got we got some coffee. We got coffee here. Cheers to that. Yep, yep. Cheers. So, um, coffee, coffee time with the layman. I like it. I like it. Uh, so we are we are wrapping up our Drinking series. Your black Keith. Or you uh, put some sweet. No, there? I put sugar in it. Sugar in there. Two two packs this time. You're so sweet. I didn't think you needed it. Well, it's the bitterness in coffee I don't mm. like. Um, I've tried. I've tried. You ever try? Uh, I know you like it black, but you ever try those creamers and like the flavored, like the Snickers creamer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Are they good? My wife loves them. Oh, okay. Snickers, the Twix one. Oh, I bet the cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, Uh, Rice Krispie treat. Oh, okay. You know, really, I don't know. They're like starter drugs for kids getting hooked on caffeine, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) yeah, it really is. Well, it's like Starbucks and all their. Frou-frou coffee is really just a way to get people hooked on caffeine. Yeah, they should crack down on that. But hey, it's a drug of choice, and we're addicted to it. Caffeine. Caffeine. Gotta love it. Um, so we are we are wrapping up our oh, we series. Are. Yeah. This is it. This is the last week. Of what's next, Keith? Of what's next. Um, and so we kind of want to talk a little bit about um what I think is Something a lot of people don't talk about until there is one, mm-hmm. which is a crisis. Yeah, right. Um, we what? are terrible human. We are favorite, terrible people. Favorite Mike Tyson quote. Oh, all time. Okay, you all know where I'm going with this one. Everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the face, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it's kind of what a crisis is. If you can look at a crisis like uh, getting punched in the face, yeah. Um, sometimes the plan goes out the window. So. Yeah, um, and you know, crisis can come in many forms, um, in in many in many different ways, um, and so you know, I also think um, it can it can be it can be subtle too, and you not perceive it as a giant crisis, right? But it could be like this subtle thing that's just kind of starting to work its way up to a full-blown crisis, mm-hmm, right? And, mm-hmm. and you're, you're right now, you're like, okay, um, this is this is kind of manageable. This isn't a big deal. We'll get through. We'll work through this, right? Yeah. Um, Handle this still, on my own. Yeah. But it'll still affect you um, a lot more than, than what, we, um, what we think, right? So, question. Tell me about a time... When I feel like that's a, um, just as a side note, when I used to interview people, yes, I used to oh, take the yeah, question, job interview. yeah, mm-hmm. job interview. So, uh, I've hired, I don't know, thousands of people in my career. Um, and <laughs> I would always take the question that the, you know, that yeah, the, worked on the out, form. and I hated those questions. So I would, um, because it, you know, it'd be like, you know, you'd have a question that's like, um, uh, uh, tell me, uh, it, if you had, if you saw a coworker, um, you know, doing something wrong, 
what would you do? Oh, right. Yeah. You know, whatever. A loaded question. A loaded question. And then, of course, you get you don't actually get the answer. It's like, well, if I saw somebody doing something, I would probably go and talk to them. Um, and then if they if they didn't, I would go tell a manager and then blah, blah, blah. Right. Like whatever. Like it's just so benign thing. Yeah. So I always change it to you want a specific. Example. Tell me about a time when you saw someone, a coworker doing something like okay. wrong, even if it's just. You know, putting the sheet in the copier the wrong side, or whatever. like doing something incorrect, not necessarily like stealing or anything crazy. Um, and then, what did you do? What did you do in that situation? Like, I want a specific story from your your past. Anyway, so I'm taking this question. And I'm I'm interviewing you right now. Uh, so tell me about a time yes. when you had a non threatening, non life threatening, non life threatening, okay, but very humorous injury. All right, how much time do we have? We got I sands have, of time. I just want one. I, know. I want a highly I'm just, humorous one. I'm just saying, I have a very... Um, I don't mind being the... I don't mind being laughed at. Yeah. Um, I recognize the humor in most situations. Okay. And when I am the... Um, the butt of the joke. Um, <laughs> I'm okay with it. Yeah. Especially when it's, you know, non-life-threatening, accidental... Humor. Gotcha. Um, I think there could be a whole show of America's Funniest Home Videos <laughs> that centered on injuries of mine. Uh-huh. Um, that if there would have been a camera yeah. around um, in those days. <laughs> back in my back, day. Back in my day. Um, there would have been some good stuff. So um, um, do we want to... Do we want to... Include or exclude groin shots from the conversation? Because oh, there's exclude. a whole, okay, because there's exclude. a whole, there's yeah. a whole, whole, whole list of horrible incidences that ended up being very humorous. Yeah, that came out of there. Um, one time I was okay. Oh, here's a baseball story. Oh, okay. Um, you know I love baseball. You know I coach yep. baseball. Yep. I, um, I'm very excitable. My wife thinks it's cute that I take my glove. Just everywhere, just in just case. in case there's a ball, a spontaneous <laughs> case, ball game. Just in case the ball game breaks out. Yeah, right. Yeah. But but then like Dustin, our youth drug, he's inspired me. He takes two ball gloves everywhere in case in case want, somebody, somebody else, else needs to needs a yeah. ball glove. Yeah, yeah. So now now like Dustin it. and I, we've got this packed. He keeps I'm left handed, so he's got a, he's a left and a right in his car, and I've nice. got a right and a left in mine. So. Nice. Just in case a ball so game. So you guys could spontaneously you boom. break out a ball game. Yeah, ball game could break out at any time. Anyway, okay. so I'm coaching T-ball one time, and it's T-ball, right? Yeah. Like. It's fun. It's, it's humorous. It ain't exactly high intense. Right. Like. Kids running to third. Athletic endeavors, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, well, it may have been machine. It, regardless, they're children. Yeah. Right? And. um. And it's just, it's dry and the dirt fields and stuff like that. And I have this tennis shoe progression. I buy shoes for my arch supports. Oh, mm-hmm. good shoes. Very, yeah. And then, like, I'll replace them in a year. Mm-hmm. And then the ones I replace them with become like my lawn mowing shoes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right? Definitely. And then, so, but, and then by the time I, because they, they're just for short term wear. Mm-hmm. And then, by the time I phase those out, they're like the gross, the really gross shoes. Yeah. They're like 
coaching. I'm on like just this dusty field. And I'm yeah, like, okay. So I'm coaching in these shoes. They're just no s- tread left. Slick on the bottom. Yeah, just yeah. Slick, right? <laughs> and um, I'm just getting into it, you know, because the kids are starting to we're starting to turn plays and we're starting like we're fielding okay. the ball. Okay, and I'm yeah. Getting, you know, and I'm getting more. You know, I'm just I'm, I'm you're just rever- happy they're rever- getting reverting it. Yeah. back to childhood. Yeah, I'm yeah. just as excited as they are. Anyway. All these parents, all these parents are sitting around waiting for practice. This is practice, right? Yeah, yeah. Not even a game. Yeah, I'm the only one out there. Everybody's just tickled pink. There's 14 kids out on this field, and I'm the one out there, and it's not them, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like every everybody, <laughs> everyone is having a good time. Yeah, and quite the audience there. And I ball comes off the bat, you know, and I'm like standing on the pitcher's mat. I think it must have been machine pitch. I was feeding the machine anyway. Some kid hits the ball. It was probably my kid, right? So I'm going to get him out. Sure, yeah, right? yeah. I make a break for it. <laughs> and I, like, roll one ankle, like, cartwheel, <laughs> face plant, slide across the infield. Like, it was the most ungraceful thing. It was, it was like a baby giraffe ice skating. It's terrible. That was great. But... And everybody laughed. Oh, it was hysterical. <laughs> um, so I started keeping cleats around now. Too. Yeah, case, you got to. You got to have in cleats. case I get in case I get to. You got to have. You got to have cleats. I mean, I kind of hurt myself. Yeah, like it was something with some traction for for a ball field. You know, you don't wear cleats all the time, but you, for a ball field, you got to put them cleats on. Yeah. Well, uh, I can think of two. Do you want a bike story or an ice story? I want a biking on ice story. I don't have Can one of those. Can you combine them? Uh, no. Take some literary, what do they call that? Artistic. Artistic. Liberties. Liter- Artistic liberties. No. Combine them? Ice or bike? Uh, you tell uh, you tell your bike story and then I'll follow, okay. I'll follow up with mine. Okay. The last time I rode a bike, okay? Okay. Uh, my wife uh, was still my girlfriend. I still lived in an apartment, obviously no kids. And uh, I hadn't ridden a bike since, you know, I don't know, a long time, right? Like, I don't even, I don't, in high school, I don't think I rode a bike, right? Okay. Um, and so I was like, you know what? My friends were getting into mountain biking and stuff like that. Uh, and I was like, well, let, let's go take a look and see what, you know, because it'd be fun to, and we're, we live down in Georgia and they had um, tons of trails and stuff, biking trails, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go check it out. So we go check it out, find like a clearance bike. That's pretty legit, you know, like 150 bucks or whatever, but it's like a $600 bike or $700 bike. Right. I'm like, sweet. Uh, buy Sean a, a bike too. And, uh, behind our, uh, uh apartment was a trail for bikes. Right. Um, but then it like, it, it kind of cut off into, uh, like a walking trail. So you, you kind of had to walk on the trail a little bit to get to the bike trail, you know? Okay. Okay. And there's these, um, wood walking bridges. So they're not very, they're not very big. Right. Um, cause it's really just meant for like a couple people to kind of pass each other to get to the real trail. Okay. So we're out on the trail. We're having a good time. Um, you know, it's like 15, 20 minutes, right? We're on the trail and we're like, okay, let's 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 wrap it up. We gotta go. So I'm like, 
well, I'm not going to get off my bike and push it on this thing. I'm I'm an expert yeah, now. Yeah, you're a bicyclist. I'm a bicyclist. I'm just going to take this of this course. thing, right? Well, of course, like the the tires got all that dust and dirt in it, so it's it doesn't really have much traction in it anymore. And these bridges are slicker than snot. And I like I'm going to this thing like full speed, right? And I and I'm on the first one, and then it kind of turns into the second one. And it's not quite a ninety degree angle, but it's probably a good forty five and then forty five. And I mean, I wipe out, and I don't just wipe out. I wipe out like hanging on the hanging on the rails. You know, it's because they got oh handrails. I'm like hanging on the handrails. I tear my knee up. You know, did you mangle the bike? Uh, no, bike's fine. Bike's fine. Basically, what ended up happening is. My handlebar kind of nicked the handrail, which then made me like try to overcorrect, and I threw myself off the bike. So bike's perfectly fine, right? You just got ejected. <laughs> just got ejected from it. Well, I rolled my ankle, so like I can't, I can't get back on the bike. I could barely. <laughs> so Shauna has to get off her bike, take both of our bikes, while I hobble back to the apartment, and that is the last time I rode a bike. You know, I have this theory. I have this theory that it's not like riding a bike, okay? <laughs> yeah. There is a lot. So I think when people say it's like riding a bike, I think what they mean to say is it's like riding a tricycle because there's a motor skill that comes about when you're, what, three years old or whatever, and it's the pedal movement. The this leg down, this leg up. It's the pedal. Okay. It's the pedal motion, and it's one of those. It's one of those developmental motor skills. So, like maybe your parents' teachers person knows exactly when that motor sure. skill kicks in. But it's an important. It's like, it's like that. It's sick, like patting your head and rubbing yeah, your belly. It's well, it's like crawl crawling, right? Sure. Like at a certain developmental point, uh, the infant needs to start, and it's like left arm, right leg, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that. Mm -hmm. It's that holistic, gross motor skill. Movement, pedaling is one of those. And it's like the last one that you, it's like the last one in the series okay. of gross motor, the pedaling, right? Okay. okay. We mustn't confuse pedaling with an ability to ride a bike. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, because you just demonstrate when you were a kid, you're probably an ace at a bike. Oh, yeah. And when you wrecked that bike, you were a master of pedaling. <laughs> That's not riding a bike. Well, I think, I think what, I think what they, uh, okay, so I'll give you an, I'll give you a great example. Um, so he here's my inner nerd coming out. Um, so I roller skated a bunch. I can see that. Um, what the, was your roller skater? Was it Princess Glitter Sparkles? <laughs> no. Um, the owner of the local roller skating rink in in my hometown uh, and my mom like knew each other really well. She used to cut his hair, right? So uh, she would cut his hair and he would just hand her like, you know, 20 free passes or whatever, right? So then we would go as kids up to the roller skating rink and just skate, skate, skate for free. Um, and uh, so then, you know, over time, I think I was like, I think it was like 12 or 11 or 12. And he's like, you're pretty tall. You can uh, you can uh, work here and reach, reach the, the skates, skates right? <laughs> uh, so I got a job, you know, like under under the table because yeah. I was too young to actually work for him, right? And just worked for him from like 11 or 12 till maybe freshman year of college. I think wow. finally, eventually, like, I mean, I just worked the entire time at the roller skating rink. And um, it was great. It was fun. You know, all the skating, skating you can handle. I can do, I can, I skate backwards, skate sideways, couple skate, 
you know, there's a specific kind of um, skate that you can do with, uh, you know, a partner where you kind of, uh, it's like a figure eight. It's like a figure eight, but you kind of switch positions, you know, or whatever. So you're 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 going forward and then you're going backwards, but you never like it's it's difficult to do, right? Oh, very. Okay. So I can't stand up. I don't put wheels on my feet, let alone <laughs> strap them on. So um, you know, it's like like the problem with skating. wheels is they roll both directions, forward, backward. It's very dangerous. Yes, very yeah. dangerous. Uh, and no real brakes to speak of. I know. Right? Like the 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 sh- the brakes on the front of the roller skates you don't actually use no, very that'd often. No, be a great way to face plant, right? Yeah, you you actually just turn your skate sideways and kind of gently put down your skate and it slows you down the 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 adding that friction to it. Anyways, um so didn't skate for the longest time, right? Uh <clears throat> when we were helping our mom clean out the house, uh, found my pair of roller skates. I'm like, my shoe size hasn't changed. This is amazing. Adult roller skates. Okay. And so I put, and these are expensive roller skates, right? I mean, I'm not, these aren't the no, cheap ones pro. that you get, right? Uh, so I, I strapped these suckers on. Um, we're in the garage because it's like wintertime or whatever, and the garage floor is like perfect, you know, nice and slick, right? And I put these things on and I stand up and I'm like, Nope, I'm going to sit back down now because I knew I did not have the same coordination that I did as a teenager, right? Like, it's just, I haven't done that activity in so long that even like, because, you know, my feet started going, not in the same. And I was like, nope. And so I looked at, and I I think I have video of it. I looked at um, Sean and I was like, hey, why don't you try? She's like, okay. So she puts them on. She's like, this is easy. Whoop. <laughs> Fell. It was great. All right. But see, that's when I dodged it because I knew, because yeah. I had so much experience with it. I was like, nope, I'm going to fall. I haven't put them on since. Too confident. Too confident. Well, all right. So we'll get into our talk, but I do want to tell the kind poop bill uh, about my, uh, my, my bicycle story because okay. I need to validate the fact that I like, I'm okay being left right yeah because this is a situation where no one knows that this happened but me oh, right? there's okay. no evidence of this okay right? all right there, so this could be totally made uh, up unless there's and no one would know unless there was a ring doorbell <laughs> okay so if my neighbor alan has a ring doorbell that goes back several years then this could be some great footage great so my wife and i are going to go uh, anniversary trip and it's in the winter but we've had these kind of mild patches in the winter mm-hmm. um you know, like we're having now, yep. right? Where very it's nice like, oh, outside. It's very nice. Um, and we go on these trips, and we'll, we'd take the bicycles along, you know, mm. and we'd go down to Herman, bike-friendly town. There's yep. the Katy Trail and yep. stuff. Yep. And, we'll, you know, it's the winter, but if you get a 65-degree day in the winter and you're bicycling, it's great. That's great, Bicycle. yeah. Anyway, so we're not avid bicyclists. My bicycle I had rescued from a dumpster and fixed up. Like a lot right? of your uh like a lot of everything I possessions. Own, right? Like some of my yeah. Like rescued from thrift stores. Um, you know, I'm a rescue. Yeah. I'm yeah. a rescue animal. That's I what I am. I appreciate that. So uh so anyway, and her I think her bike was like literally like the older brother of a high school friend's okay. hand me down. Yeah, yeah. That she used to ride a like 150 mile bike ride with her sister oh, okay. for like yeah, a yeah, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, and then it became her bike. Yeah, uh, mine. I did a I acquired it from a dumpster and mm-hmm. did like a 40 mile Katy Trail. Um, thought I was 
should have just drove it off into the Missouri River, and I didn't, right? <laughs> um, Lance Armstrong, you're not. Yes, right? And it's like, and that was my. So we got these two bikes that have, like, seen us through inter- incredibly d- dumb athletic endeavors, right? Like, not <laughs> yeah. supposed to be doing this. Yeah. But anyway, so they haven't moved in a couple years. They're in the garage. I air them up. I'm going to get them ready to go because the no, weather's yeah. going to be good. I'm yeah. going to strap them on. We're going to take them with us, right? So I get my bike out, air it up, ride it up and down the road in front of the house. Everything's, you know. Yeah, you got to make sure the tires don't pop like on you or something. One o'clock, middle of the afternoon, work day, nobody's around, up and down the road. All right, that one's okay. Get hers out, riding it. And um, the back t- the back brake's just like dragging. It's making this high-pitched squeal noise. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole time. Right. So I'm riding. So I got to get it up to some decent speed. Riding along, and I just gently apply pressure to that back brake. And, and then, like, grinds. It, like, yeah, sm- yeah. You know, yeah. Like, smooth. Whatever is on it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. So I did that like five or six times. Really get that back brake going good. Um, but it was still a little squeal left. So then I ride. And the last time, I just mash on it. Right, and it just smooths it right over. Uh-huh. I kind of tire skidded. Oh yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah. All right, good. Go down to the end, a little stop sign. It's about, you know, it's probably eighty yards. It's just straight, flat, perfect, right in front of the house between mine and my neighbors. So I go around, turn around, come back, and now I'm like testing the front brake, and it's squealing too. Well, my mashing on it thing worked out great <laughs> moments ago. So now I get this baby up to cruising speed about 50 yards in, and you see where this is going. I mat. What sort of idiot, grown man, gets it? Was like it was like a death wish. Like, yeah, I intentionally got this thing up to cruising speed and mash on the front brake. It whips me over the handlebars and just lays me out across the road there. Tires spinning in the background. I can only imagine the scene, oh, right? <laughs> Were you okay? I was fine. You got a little road rash on your ro- face. I ch- children, I was wearing my helmet. Thank Good. goodness. Yeah, you always have to wear well, a helmet. Well, I felt really. For that reason. For that reason. Because I felt yeah. really silly out there in my helmet to begin with. But I'm like, I'm a responsible adult. I need to wear my helmet. Yeah, what and if a kid's on you? And then I slingshotted myself <laughs> across the road. Helmet and all. Just, I mean, it was exactly as your brain would imagine it. Yeah. Good to- thing you didn't have those shoes that like click in. Oh my goodness. Because you would have been like, and but the bike would have followed you and oh. landed on you. <laughs> it's very similar to a skiing story I have, but we're not getting we're into not, that today. We're not gonna get into that today. We can talk about why I why I haven't skied in fifteen years. But I I will I will say this. Um But yeah. You you so the these are uh, obviously great stories of uh not not a true crisis, but when things go awry, right, and um, how we react to it, and and <clears throat> and what we do, right. Um, so really, um, what we kind of want to think about is, um, you know, in the in in the times of real crisis, what do you do? Yeah, we got way off track. We did um, spiritually. Uh, we kind of 
so we look at Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, mm-hmm. right? Which says, come unto me, all of you who are weary and burdened, I will, and I will give you rest. Take upon my, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And I think, I think what's interesting about this is when we're in moments of crisis, I feel like the natural thing to do is to try to reach out to God, to pray, to ask God for some kind of intervention, whether it's emotionally or whatever, right? Um, What's interesting is what Jesus says is that, come to me all you are weary and burdened, Mm -hmm. and I will fix your problems. No. Not not what he says. Not not what he says. I will give you rest. Comfort, comfort, peace, the ability, the ability to endure. Yeah. a, a place of refuge to possibly endure from. Yeah. And I think that um, that m- that moment of rest, A, helps us give clarity in the situation. Because when you're in a true crisis and you have heightened emotions, it's hard to have a clear mind to work through that crisis on our own, right? And so you really need to have that clear, that clear rested frame of mind to then approach the crisis. And, and so I think that that for me is a big, um, is a big verse because, you know, your first reaction as a human being is to try to fix it mm-hmm. or cover it up or cover it up or, you know, whatever, but right? Yeah, like, that falls under fixing it, right? Fix it, fix it. You know, oh, little... this, this thing happened. I got to fix it. I got to, I got to, I got to, you know, um, I got to make it right, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Um, and that's just our natural tendency and our natural reaction. Yeah. Or we hide from it. Right. And I think with your spirituality too, it's like, uh, um, well, it's like the creation story, like Adam and Eve, like hide. Oh man, cover yeah. up, hide, hide, cover up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a bad instinct when considering Jesus is like, no, no, bring it to me. Come, yeah. yeah, I'll help you. I'll help you, quote unquote, fix it. Yeah, I'll help you get through it. I'll help you put it in perspective. Um, and I think yeah. uh, what it, in Galatians. Um, Paul writes, uh, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So I think that's really good second layer to this. Um, us as Christians living into our Christianity is to, you know, Jesus says, bring it, bring those burdens and stuff to him, and he'll give you rest. Likewise, our call as being Christians is to help shoulder the burdens of others in the name of Christ. Well, yeah. I mean, if you take 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Yep. right? And as you learn from Christ, he, what are the, what are, what did he boil all the commandments into two, right? Love, love your God with all your, love God with all your heart and love thy neighbor as thyself, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so if in a moment of crisis, you don't 
not shoulder those burdens, right? Like you, you are emotionally invested into it so much. So should you be with your neighbors, mm-hmm. right? It's the same, yeah. it's the same concept. Which is so hard because, you know, I think a lot of times we're like, man, well, just wish they knew Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, no, they need to know Jesus through you. Yeah. Or, you know, um, some, sometimes I, when, I, when I'm talking to my literal neighbors, right. Um, you know, I, and there, there's something that's going on, you know, I'll listen to them and, and then, you know, if they go to an, a different church, I'll be like, why don't you talk to somebody at your church about it? Right. Cause it's like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to be in their business. Right. But they're already talking to you about yeah. it. Right. So they, they want you, yeah. they want that connection with you. But like, I feel like I shouldn't be involved, not because I don't like them or anything like that, but it's just kind of like, oh man, that's, it's really personal. Maybe you should talk to someone else about it. Right. And or, I've, I yeah. found myself doing that and, and, and reflecting upon it and going, that was the complete wrong approach. Right. Uh, in some ways. But I think the I think maybe the I like making excuses for you. Thank you. Um, no, I think I think part part of that. Um, ex- I don't think excuses is the right word. But like accommodations, like I don't think there's any. So I'm a firm believer in um, in in finding community and relationship within your local church. Yeah, sure. Right, and there's mm-hmm. lots of local churches around here. And if somebody's found and associated with and and have and participates in the in the um, community of a local church. Well, I think that's the problem. Then you know, I don't. I don't. No, I mean, I'm, I'm saying I think that's the problem. Is when I think that's some of our Methodism, where it's like, that's cool, man. You got a church, great. Yeah, you know, participate yeah. in it. Yeah, we don't. We don't want to be like, hey, leave your church and come to ours, right? Like, right. Yeah. We we want. Yeah, and I think I think that's important to me. Is I think the valuableness of Christian community is found in participating in it. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's what I, not in associating with it or identifying with it or it's participating in it. And I think going to a church is different than participating. Correct. Right. And so I, and, and I think that's maybe, you know, if there was a moment of crisis in my life and I wanted to talk through it, I've got a host of people here in our church that would be like, other than you know my parents or my brother or whatever, right? right? But yeah. But there's a host of people in that I community. in my community the, that I would call probably a lot sooner than I would my neighbor. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, be- because they are your neighbors. Well, right? yeah, but yeah. I, have, I have really great I have really great relation, and you know I do too. I have great relationships with my neighbors. Um, you know, we we our families do stuff together, and 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 all that. We talk at least once a week with most of my neighbors, right? Um, but I wouldn't lean on them in terms of a moment of crisis, right? Um, I would lean on my existing church community that I've participated with and made those connections and some really deep bonds that we have. Um, and so maybe that's, to me, if somebody's talking to me about something that's going on. I'm that person. I'm their deep connection, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't have that other person 
per se that they yep. can that they can lean on, right? Um, and so I need to be a little more perceptive of that, like you know, recognizing you know one or they're just the kind of person that tells their life story to everybody that walks by. Um, and if they're not, and they're le- they're telling me mm-hmm. about something, it's because I'm that person yeah. for them, right? Um, so anyway, no, and I think so. I think yeah, if I could, like uh, in our spiritual journeys, whenever we um, have these burdens and we bring up, like I think it's I think the uh, the first step is to to in your prayer life. Um, speak it out loud to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Privately speak it out loud mm-hmm. to the Lord, and that gets it out of your head. And something about us saying stuff out loud, even in private, gets it out of our head and kind of like makes it real, yeah, within the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think the next step with that is not being physically, humanly alone with that, yeah. And that's where having connection and having um, surrounding yourself with others who believe in the same uh, grace that ex- is extended to you uh, by Jesus. When there's others in your church community that that you're connected with that um, share those same beliefs, it's much. I think it's much easier to. Um, take that next step of sharing that burden and then they will shoulder it with you as part of their responsibility. Yeah. That's it. Look at that. Are we out of time? We're out of time. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. Well, let's keep the conversation going offline and uh, you guys, uh, you do the same. We'll see you next week. All right.